trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. From the American Missionary Church, Apostle Joel Obobisa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teaching that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. Wow! What a blessing! Nothing is impossible with God if you put your trust in Him. Amen. Amen. Never back down from putting your trust in the Lord. God is a miracle working God. Amen. And God has a track record of working miracles. Oh, yes. God has a track record of turning impossible situations into possibilities. Amen. God has a track record of putting life back into something. I and God will put life back into you Amen. by His grace. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning and thank you for the opportunity to share you for your hand that has kept this congregation all through the years. Thank you for your blessing that remains upon them. I pray, Lord, for the help of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you will guide the preaching and teaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wow. You may be seated, please. What a blessing. It is a privilege and a, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling and wonderful experience for me uh, to be here this morning. Amen. Yes. Actually. <laughs> yeah. And um, this, yes, this is home actually, you know. Um, this is how I was raised. <laughs> this is where I learned how to preach. <laughs> and this is where I learned how to be a pastor. You know, and uh, people like, uh, like Ama over there and like Felicia and um, others that I can see. Um, I can see you right there. <laughs> you know, Melissa, where's Melissa? Right, at the back, yes, you know, and um, Winifred, <laughs> yes, I see Evelyn, and um, of course I see you, my little friend. What is your name again? Tell me. Elisha. Wonderful. Elisha. Elisha is my friend from yesterday. <laughs> and that's, I met such 
a powerful young boy. Amen. Now, I can't see very clearly from here, so if I didn't mention your name, forgive me. <laughs> right. But I just want to thank God for how he has kept this church and kept you. I thank God for all the wonderful pastors you have had. You know, um, like Reverend Kwame said, this is where I began to preach in this country. And I think after me, Reverend Baden was the pastor, then Reverend Osei, then Reverend Kwame, who, as he just introduced the history to you, has been here since 1998. <laughs> That's a very long time. <laughs> you know, yes. And I remember the day that the Reverend Kwame and his wife came to church for the first time. I just said, oh, Lord, I pray that you touch these people's heart to stay in the church. You know, I was just praying that God would, because they, they looked like a very fine, nicely arranged couple. <laughs> you know, I thought that if we have such people in our church, the church would look respectable. <laughs> You know, but by God's grace, he touched them. And for many years, you know, they have been living in New Jersey and crossing bridges and tunnels for so many years just to come and pastor you and to be a blessing to you, you know. So... I am grateful to God for your lives, Reverend Kwame and Lady Pastor Pamela. And I pray that God will bless you for your contribution and your effort. You know, a church is not really owned by anybody. It is the Lord's church. And we all get to minister in it for a season. You know, the church is like the plane, you know. The pilots don't take it home. <laughs> you get it? Yes, you are assigned to fly it. And then while you are flying it, passengers are assigned to you. And your job is to take them safely from here to here for the period of your shift. After that, you're supposed to step out of the plane and leave the plane alone. <laughs> for the next pilot to come and take it to the next place. Do you understand? But I think some people get confused and they want to take the plane home. <laughs> you get it? So when you see a pastor who is trying to annex a church or taking the church, he's like a pilot who is confused. He wants to take Del Delta Airlines. You go and park it in your house. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a blessing. Amen. Amen. So God bless you, Reverend Kwame and Lady Pastor Pam. I think you should put your hands together for them. For your faithful service. They used to, he used to be the usher in the church. I think he's still an usher. Because <laughs> when I came, I met him outside. 
He can never move away from ushering. But that's so great. Amen. Yeah. Of course, my wife is here. I want her to come and say hello. So why don't you come up and um, come up, come up and say hello, you know. Yes. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Wow. I am so blessed to be back in Manhattan this morning. Oh, yes. Nana, it's nice to see you with your beautiful wife. Oh, yes. I am so blessed, and I thank God also for what he has done in your lives. And um, like Apostle said, it's like a journey, and we are on a plane you know and when you have when you are in a plane you need to put on your seat belts and that will keep you on the plane when the turbulence and everything is going on you have your seat belt on that is what will keep you on the plane and you will get to your destination safely amen and i can see that a lot of you have put on your seat belts. Hallelujah. Don't take them off. Keep your seat belts on. And one day we will arrive in heaven. Hallelujah. To meet the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Great. So it's a blessing. If I want to tell you the truth, I really don't know what to share with you. <laughs> but I'm just going to share with you something from my heart. Do you get it? So forgive me if I don't have a subject. Amen. But what has been occurring to me as I stepped in here is the subject of faithfulness, you know, yes, and how important it is to be faithful, amen. And so, um, let me just share a little bit with you about the need to be faithful and the importance of as continuing to be faithful, amen. Now, one of the things that happens to a church is that every church would grow and with time, the church would age. Do you see? Now, um, this church is not young. Do you get it? In fact, three days ago, three days ago, three days ago, what's the date today? 16th? 1-5. So three days ago will be 1-2, right? 12, right. So on the 12th of October is, 12th of October, 27 years ago is when I came here. Yeah. Yeah. 12th of October, 1996. 
would be 27 years ago, isn't it? Yes, that's when I came here. And when I came here, this church was already here. It was one year old. Do you get it? So the church is actually about 28 years old. Do you understand? Yes. And when a church is 28 years old, George, I can see you. What a blessing. <laughs> Good to see you. Yes. You know, when a church is 28 years old, that church can have certain characteristics. Do you see? Now, when I say um, the church is older, it doesn't mean that all the members are that old. Do you get it? The church is like your hair. <laughs> Do you get it? You may, be, you may be 28 years old, but the hair on your head right now, it's not 28 years old. <laughs> do, do, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. The 28-year-old one was lost a long time ago. Do, do you get it? But what you're saying is that the, the current hair that you have, you see, the system that is supporting it is actually 28 years old. Do you understand? So even though the hair itself is new, the system on which it is growing is old. And that system can discolor it. Does it make sense? So when you see somebody whose hair has turned gray, it's not because that hair is that old. Sometimes the gray hair, it just came. <laughs> do, do, do you see? It, it just came. But it has come on a 28-year-old system. Do you get it? So if that system does not color it, do you see, does not take an intentional step to make that hair look like hair that just came, then that, that hair, even though it is young, will look old. That, does it make sense? Yeah. I think that's my message. I, I, I finished. If, if you understand that, then I think I finished preaching. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So, the church that has been around for a long time will tend to have characteristics that would be characteristics of an old church. You get it. Now, if you look around the city and look around many places, you will see that there are many old church buildings. When I see an old church building, I can't help but imagine what it took to build it. That in that church, there must have been at a certain point a very zealous pastor raising money, encouraging the congregation. See, all these places, they were built for people. People were sitting there. You get it? Yes. And they built all these pews because it reflected the size of the congregation. 
and the zeal of the pastor and the work that God was doing in the place at the time. Do you get it? Yes. Then, with time, you find that slowly and slowly and slowly, the church starts to change and it starts to change and it starts to change until you end up having literally an empty church. Do, do, do you get it? Yes. I understand some people are trying to, you know, fight to even take the building down. Yeah, because at a point, you see that they, they, they feel that the building does not serve its purpose. Do you get it? Yeah. But thank God you're here. Amen. It's a blessing for them that you're here. Do you see? Yes. Now, why does it happen? It is because churches change over a long time. Amen. Churches change. And that is the reason why when Jesus was describing the church, Jesus said, let, let, let's read it in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. The book of Ephesians. And chapter number 5. And verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Can you see that? And gave himself for it. He loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Can you see that? Then 28 is a bonus. It says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. So if you are sitting next to your wife, just point that verse, just show, or rather if the husband, the wife is sitting next to the husband, she should show it to the husband right there and say, did you see that? If you love your wife, you love yourself. <laughs> yes. It means if you love your if you love your life, love your wife. <laughs> if you want to live, love your wife. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. <laughs> One day somebody told me, fear woman and live long. <laughs> I don't know, but it seems that's what the Bible is saying here. <laughs> that if you love your wife, you love yourself. <laughs> so, 
if you maltreat your wife, you are in trouble. Amen. But you can see that it really wasn't exactly that, um, well, well, that in talking about husband and wife, the apostle's message is also about Christ and the church. Do you get it? And he's saying that husbands are supposed to love their wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, right? So Christ loves the church, amen. Is that Auntie May I'm seeing? Wow, <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> yes, Christ loves the church. Do you understand? God has never abandoned any church. God loves the church because it cost him his life, you know, to get the church. Look at it. He loved the church and gave himself for it. So to get the church, it cost Christ himself. His entire life is what he gave to get any one of us here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Then the next thing is that he sanctified it and cleansed it with the washing of water by the word. You get it? He said that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So through preaching and teaching, his intention is to clean up the church you get it? So every church needs cleansing and sanctification, and it comes by the washing of water by the word. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Now, what is the goal or what is the effect of such cleansing and washing of water? It's in the next verse that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Glorious is an old word that means beautiful. He wants a beautiful church. Do you see? Right. And a beautiful church, what does God call a beautiful church? He said a beautiful church is one that has no spot or wrinkle. Can you see that? or any such thing. Amen. So God is telling us from this verse, he's describing the church that looks beautiful to him, the church that he likes, the church that he presents to himself is a church without spot or without wrinkle. Amen. Now, spots are a whole other thing you see, but wrinkles are something that we can understand very easily because wrinkles are nothing other than a sign of aging. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what it means that is that no matter how old a church is, God is not happy when the church begins to show the signs of aging. Does it make sense? Yeah. Do you understand? 
God doesn't want the church, the church, not you. Like I'm saying, as for, as for the human beings or the members of the church, they come and they go. Do you get it? They come like your hair. It grows, then you chop it off. It grows, then you chop it off. It grows, and you chop But there's always hair on your head, at least to a point. <laughs> Because I was just saying it, then I remembered Jean, then I just <laughs> remembered that. No, I have to correct it. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So it comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes. But what he's saying is that the call of whatever is holding us together must not age. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, it must not age. And that is possible. Do you see? That is possible. He said, because sometimes you see people, I was looking at Michelle right here. And you see, I, some people sent me some photographs recently. And it was a party. And they told me that Michelle was celebrating 60. Can you come, please, madam? Madam, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, look at her. Look, look at her. Does she look 60? Yeah. We can get her, beloved, right? Yeah. No, seriously. Do, do you see what I'm saying? You see, that the fact that you are aging doesn't mean you have to show the age. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not... Uh, here, look at another one. You see, look, you see that girl over there? <laughs> yes, that's, that's the one. I saw her at the wedding. She told me her age. I couldn't believe it. You get Because she was talking up. She said she's retired. I said, hey. Maybe you're one of these millionaires that retire. You know, some people, they retire at 35, and you know, some, you see. Then she told me her age. I said, what? You see, but then I remembered who her children are. <laughs> you see, yes. And I said, okay, it's possible. Do, do you see? Yes. Some of the people, when they tell you their age, you need faith <laughs> to believe it. <laughs> It's, it's because this person is saying it, you have to believe it. But if you were to assign an age, you would get it all wrong. Yes. Caroline, good to see you. Wow. It's such a blessing. You know, I feel very happy when I see some of these people. Wonderful. It's, it's such a blessing. God bless you for being around for so long. God bless you, Michelle. Please be seated. Do you see what I'm saying, right? And there are things that people do. You see, I'm sure, because my mother told me that. Because I went to her, my mother is 83. I went to my mother one day, and I was telling her, hey, mama, you don't look 83 at all. She said, yeah, that's to your eye, but me, I'm inside. You don't know how I'm feeling. Yeah. She said, every morning, some new place. She said, every day some new place is hurting. <laughs> you see, 
Yeah, that's the part that you don't see. So inside, yes, the person is 83, but the person's presentation, which is what attracts people to her, do you see, that presentation is not an 83-year-old presentation. You, get, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So I am saying that a church, when it ages, Jesus said it. I don't want to have a church that has wrinkles. That means, and wrinkles only have one purpose. They just betray age. You see, wrinkles are only an announcement of age. They just show that something has been around for a long time. That's all. Do you, do you get it? Yes. And that is why there's a whole industry devoted to hiding them. Yes. Just, just to, to, so that you can prolong the useful life of something. It's like hide the wrinkles. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. And you see that you are not the only one hiding your wrinkles. Jesus Christ too, he's investing heavily in hiding the wrinkles of his bride. He said he gave himself for, put the verse back, look at it. He said he gave himself for, verse 26, he loved the church, verse 26 please, verse 26. He loved the church and gave him, okay, 25, gave himself for it, yes. Gave himself for it. Do, do you get it? And all of you understand what it means that Christ gave himself for it. It wasn't a few slaps. He gave himself. He allowed himself to be killed. Do you see what I'm saying? So that he would achieve what? Verse 27 or 26. 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. Cleanse it means the thing is dirty. He's cleaning it. Do you get it? Yes. And what is the result of the cleaning? Verse 27. That he might present to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle. So it means what was cleansed was spots and wrinkling. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. If a church without spot and wrinkle is the effect of, or is what Christ gets after cleansing, then it means what he didn't like about the church was the spot and the wrinkle. And God, what Christ does not like about any church is when the church begins to have signs of aging. Are you getting the picture? God wants the church to stay young. He wants the church to look young. He wants the church to act young. He wants the church to serve young. Even though the members themselves may have been around, some may be older, and so on and so forth. But what God wants to feel in the church is youthfulness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. He wants a bride that is young. Amen. 
So I want to encourage you in this church this morning. Let's be young. Amen. Amen. Let's be new again. Let's be young. Let's do the young things again. Amen. Yes. And one of the characteristics of being young is reproduction. Yes. That's one of the characteristics of being young. So you see in Psalm 92, look at Psalm 92. Psalm 92 and verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Okay. And then the next verse, 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Can you see that? They shall be fat and flourishing. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Bringing forth fruit is a thing for young people. Yeah. It's a thing for young people. But the Bible says that people who are planted in the house of the Lord will still bring forth fruit in old age. Will still bring forth fruit in old age. So I want to say that as the church grows, the fruit-bearing capacity of the church must not be lost. Are you understanding it? Yes. The ability of the church to reproduce and to have more people and to grow and to have more young people and to have more and more people in it, that can remain no matter how old even the members are. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. God God, and notice who he's expecting the fruit from, those that be planted in the house of the Lord. People who have been around for a long time. People who have been established. People who have been planted in the house of the Lord for a long time. Hallelujah. You know, this is a church that has a lot to offer. You know, this is a church that has blessed this country so much. You know, all our branches around the country came out of here. All our overseers and pastors and lay presidents and everybody who is anything in the church, they once sat here as members of the church. Yes. Yes. They once sat here. They were once members. They once walked through the door as first-timers. Do you see? And they were ushered in, most of them, by Reverend Kwame. <laughs> Do you see? Yes, most of them, Reverend Kwame stood at the door and gave them a place to sit in the church. This church has given so much to the country. Do you understand? Yes. And like he said, even the first love church was birthed out of, out of here. Yes. 
we took actually a lot of our young people and we put them together and said, go and be first love and go and start first love church. And that's how we have first love church, which is a blessing. It's a blessing to have first love church. Amen. So I want you to have faith and just to believe that, you know, it's not over for us at all. 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 Do you see? Yes. And the reason why they sell, they sell, you know, anti-wrinkle creams and hair dyes and so on, you know, it's, it's, it's to retain youthfulness. Yes, because youthfulness can be retained. Yes. You get it? That is when how you feel inside does not match how you look. You are just how you look to conform with how you feel. Do you understand? Yes. You feel like you are young. You feel like you want to live. You feel like it's not over for you. But your hair is saying something else. So you go and put something in your hair so that your hair will say how you feel. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Because who appointed your hair as your spokesperson? <laughs> yes. Your hair is not allowed to engage in any false advertising. <laughs> Making unauthorized statements about you which don't reflect how you feel. It's not allowed. And that's what Christ said. I, I don't like that. I, I don't want that. And he calls it a cleansing. Cleansing is a word we apply to things that are unwanted and dirty. You get it? Yes. When somebody says, I'm using this facial cleanser, they say that they're cleaning, you know, dirt the pores, and you know, they're trying to pull deep things. When someone says we're doing deep cleansing, it means they are removing deep things. Now, this is the word that Christ used to describe signs of aging in a church. This is the word, it needs cleansing, and the cleansing comes from washing of water by the word. It is something that the preaching in the church. Do you see? Yes. Will help us and cleanse us from wrinkles. Amen. I tell you. There are souls that must be won by this church. There are people who are yet to come to the Lord. Through this church. Do you get it? Yes. We must refuse to be turned into a religious symbol. It's like all that we represent is singing and, and praying. Do you understand? No. We must retain our youthfulness and our fruitfulness. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, two signs of wrinkles that I want to mention before I sit down. One of them is because we see it in somebody like Solomon. 
Do you get it? And so I want to share from the life of Solomon two of the signs of wrinkles. And then we will close. Amen. Amen. Now, the first one, you see, is the first one is that Solomon was not as devoted as he was when he was younger. Okay, so the first sign of wrinkles is the lack of, of reduced devotion. Reduced devotion is a sign of wrinkles. Okay, now look at the verse. First Kings chapter 11 and verse 4. 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 4. It says, for it came to pass when Solomon was old. Can you see that? It came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. Amen. So you can see whatever we just read about Solomon was a product of aging. Isn't it? Yes, that Solomon became old. And the effect of the passage of time on Solomon was a change in his heart and devotion towards God. Now, the reason why this, you can say something like this about Solomon is because we, we know about Solomon in the beginning when he was younger, isn't it? Yes, Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3. Go to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 4. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 4. It says the king, this is Solomon, he went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Think about it. Solomon went to church to offer sacrifice to the Lord. Do you see his sacrifice was 1,000 cows. <laughs> you just imagine it. He had 1,000 cows that he sacrificed to the Lord. The kind of zeal that Solomon had. Solomon is the one that went to the Lord. And the Bible says the Lord appeared to him. You know, the Lord appeared to him. Um, in, it says in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And of course, notice, notice that this appearance of the Lord to Solomon is God's response to his thousand cow sacrifice. Do you understand? Yes, because God responds to sacrifice. When people sacrifice, sacrifice their time, sacrifice their money, sacrifice their effort, sacrifice whatever they put in, God knows, notices it and God responds to it. God responds to it. God responds to it. Yes. 
So it's not strange that right in the next verse, the Bible says, in that same place where Solomon sacrificed, God appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, ask what I shall give thee. You just ask, ask what I shall. You think you have given me a thousand cows. I'm going to show you who is the better giver. You ask what I shall give you. You choose what you want. Yes. You choose what you want. And God said to him, you know, so it says, and Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto David, my father, great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. You know, if you have a son who serves the Lord, it's God's great kindness to you, you know. So somebody like Elisha, who at the age, Elisha, what, what, did, you, what did you say your age is? How old are you, eight? Yes, eight. Somebody like Elisha, who likes God at the age of eight. It's a gift from God. It's, it's God's great kindness. Yes. You know, I saw Joel. Where's Joel? I saw Joel playing the drums. I also saw Henry at a point. Where's Henry? You know, it's, it's interesting. These two guys have my name. Joel and Henry. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. But, you know, I saw these guys playing and sitting in church. You know, it's about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock on Sunday morning. Most boys their age are asleep <laughs> because they just came home. <laughs> yes, they just got home around 6.37 after dropping off the girls. Do, do you get That is if they even cared to drop them off. <laughs> Most of the girls, are they walk home by themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, and they don't really care what the girls think because they'll be finding another set in the evening anyway. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. They'll be home and they'll be sleeping. They'll be sleeping and they'll wake up around 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Yes, and they'll open the fridge and they'll eat everything they see. You get it? Yes. The chicken that has been baked for the whole family to eat, they are going to eat, the one person will eat half. And the other one will take the other half. Yes. There'll be no trace of chicken. Yes. And the one that's going to eat the cereal, they are going to pour it into the blender. You know? And then they will put some strawberries inside and add whatever oranges they can find and blend it and put a straw in the, in the blender itself. And they are going to be, go and sit down and start watching football. And they'll be drinking the thing from the blender itself. With dirty rooms, clothes that will not be washed, you know, and all kinds of things. Yes, so when you see young guys like this who are in a church, it's God's great kindness. God's great kindness. God's great kindness to them, to them, and to their parents. Yes. Yeah, I just had to throw that in, you know. So Solomon is now recognizing as a young person 
that he is the one saying, it's not David, his father, who says God has been kind to him. It's Solomon who says, you've been kind to my father by, by making me this type. Yes. So it's these guys who should be saying to their parents that honestly, God has been kind to you by giving me someone like you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. But I, I'm just going on to a point. The next verse. The next verse says that, and now, O Lord, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. This is Solomon speaking. I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. You get it? And this is how a young person must speak. You get it? But sometimes our young people don't speak like that. They say, I'm not a child. I know how to go out and come in. <laughs> You get it? Yes, I know everything. Nobody must tell me what to do. But a smart young person recognizes that they are young and they don't know how to go out or come in. That they need the help of God. A wise person is one who knows what he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't know what they don't know. And when you don't know what you don't know, you think you know everything. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So he said, you know, you have made me a king instead of my, but I don't know how to go out or come in. And verse 8, verse 8, he says, thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Okay, so verse 9. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern good, you know, I may discern between good and bad. You would have thought that the difference between good and bad is so obvious. But Solomon says that Sometimes the difference between good and bad, they take discernment to recognize. Because many times good looks like bad. And many times bad looks like good. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. A lot of things that are bad for you present like they are good for you. And a lot of things that are good for you present like they're a waste of time, like they're bad for you. One of the good things for a young person is a commitment to the Lord, that you know the Lord while you are young. It's very good for you, but it presents like it's a waste of time. They are worrying me. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Do you see? But this was Solomon when he was young. He was praying and saying, Lord, please help me. I need you. I can't take a step without you. I don't know where I'm going without you. And so I need you in my life. I need you to help me. Are you getting the picture? Yes. This is verse 9 of um, chapter 3. And then verse, look at verse 10. The Bible says, and the speech pleased the Lord. You get it? 
that Solomon had asked this thing. Because sometimes you hear a young person speaks and you are just so impressed. Do you get it? So God said, you know, I just like what you are saying. I, I, I honestly appreciate what you are saying. So what did God do? God's response, God said to him, because you asked this thing, you know, and have not asked for yourself long life or the riches, you see, because that's what every young person wants, a lot of money and a long life to chop it. That's, that's, that is it. Do you, do you understand? Yes. Three, and the third one is kill all my enemies. Isn't that what we all want? Number one, long life. Number two, riches. And then number three, give me the life of my enemies. Kill all my enemies. Yes. These are the three things most people want. A lot of people go to church for these three things. Yes. Number one, Lord, kill all the witches in my house and all the, just kill them, those that fly at night. Everybody that flies, let them drop and die. Break all their bones in the name of Jesus. That's number one. Then Lord, number two, Lord, let me not die now, please. Make the sign of the cross so many times, Lord. Each one is for one year. Each one is for one year. You know, one year, one, just make. And then the third one, Lord, you know, money. <laughs> yeah. What is the point of being here, Lord, and being poor? If I'm going to be here, Lord, then bless me. So bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Yes, these are the three things we want. So God is telling Solomon that, you know, you are young. I'm so impressed with you that you actually want me, not what I give. You want me, not the things everybody is asking for. He said, no problem. He said, you, you have, but you have asked for understanding to discern judgment. It's higher than riches. It's higher than the life of your enemies. It's higher than any of the things. And God said, if since that's what you asked for, all right. Verse 12, he says that, behold, I have done according to your words. And I have given you a wise and an understanding heart so that there is none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Yeah. Do you get God said, no, this I mean, I'm going to give you the world record for wisdom for all time. You can have it. Because that's what you asked for. Do you understand? Then in verse 12, of verse, verse um, 13. He said, I have also given you that which you did not ask for. Do you get it? Yes. That is riches and honor. You didn't ask for that. But it comes with what you asked for. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Just, just like if you buy the McDonald's, you buy the meal, you don't have to ask for fries. <laughs> do, do, do you understand? Yes. You don't, or even the ketchup. It comes with it. <laughs> do you get it? Yes. But what it says is that a lot of people go to God and they just go asking for ketchup. <laughs> God is saying, why, why don't you ask for the meal? 
because the ketchup will come anyway. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, it will come, it will come with the meal. It will come with the meal. Do you see? Yes. I don't know how many ketchup hunters are here today. <laughs> but there are some of us who are too much in love with the ketchup that we miss the meal. But God is showing you what you can choose. Do you see? What you can choose that will bring the ketchup anyway. It will bring it. It comes with it. It comes with it. It comes with it. But look at this. So look, this is the Solomon. And he says, and if thou will walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen your days. You see, so he didn't have to pray for length of days. God said, it's, it's going to come. You just live, walk with before me like your father walked. And it's just a matter of course. Can you see that? So this is Solomon when he was young. So it is so heartbreaking. When you read up to chapter 11 and verse 4, then we read that when Solomon was old, bring verse, chapter 11 and verse 4, when Solomon was old, it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. That is a problem. But you see what is causing it? The passage of time, aging, has changed the person's heart. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Don't let aging change you. Don't let the passage of time change your commitment and your devotion to the Lord. Let's not let being here for 28 years change us as a church. People must still come here and feel life. They must feel a vibrant atmosphere. They must feel the presence of God. They must feel whatever was in the church when Pastor Kwame was saying when he entered the church after the service, he said that, you know, this is my church. That feeling must still be here. And it can still live here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Do you see? And then the second sign of aging or the second effect of aging is still there. His wife's turned and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God and his heart as was the heart of David his father. And the next verse, what does the next verse say? And Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Oh, Solomon. Everybody say, oh, Solomon. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're called Solomon. It's not about you. <laughs> but look at verse 6. Verse 6. And Solomon did evil 
in the sight of the Lord. What is the evil? He went not fully after the Lord, as did David, his father. Do you, do you understand? Yes. He didn't follow fully. Fully. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. These are just two of the things that happen. You get it? One of them is diminished devotion. Then the second one is not following fully. Do you get it? Yes. See, this church is a branch in as much as it is, it is like the, the father of all the churches around. It is also a branch of a much bigger tree. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Yes, we are part of something. We're not here because our pastor saw a vision, you know, and God called him to come and start a church in Manhattan. That's not what happened. Do, do you get it? Yes, we are actually a branch, a tree that grew somewhere and shot out a branch and that became us. Do you understand? Yes. So it means that our future actually depends on our connection to that tree. That's, that's, that's what it means. The future of any branch, you know, is guaranteed by its connection to the tree. The only branches that have something to worry about is the one that is cut off from the tree. Yes. If you, cut, you are cut off from the tree, your leaves begin to die and your fruit also fall off. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So, in closing my message, the two things we need to fight for in this church is devotion, our devotion, our commitment, our faithfulness must continue. Do you understand? It must continue. It must continue. It must continue. And then the second thing is to fight for closeness. Do you see? And complete following. We must follow and be close to the tree of which we are a branch. Amen. Yes. That is why all of us, I was so happy when Melissa was making the announcement and was inviting us to join the flow prayer meeting, you know, because that's how, that's, that's where the tree is. Whatever the prophet is doing, he is the tree. You get it? You see, it's, it's a shame that one of the signs of, 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 of um, adulthood as people grow is independence. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. When your child is young, he follows you everywhere. When they grow older, you get to the mall, you can't even find them. They have their own ideas. They start to do their own things. Do, 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 and churches can also have that same problem. That so long as we have our church here, we have our pastor, he's here, he preaches to us. Whatever. There's no need for us to go and follow what we have to do. They say flow church, whatever. Look, what we, are, we are sleeping. It's three o'clock in the night. 
They said we should wake up and join flow. You get it. Or the First Love Center is having an experience service. You know, there's no need to watch it. The main thing, our Reverend Kwame is here. We'll watch him or we'll play. We'll go to church and listen to him. So you find a lot of people you see, they don't connect to those things. They just feel that, look, I'm connected to my local church. It's okay. But it comes from being an older church. Do you get it? If you go to a younger church, you see that there are younger people there. They have, they are keener, keener on looking like what their father is doing. You see, they are keener. When you see a young, when I was a young boy, one of my dreams was to look like my father. It was to, he used to wear suspenders sometimes. You get it. But I didn't get to wear them until Christmas. <laughs> you get it. But when Christmas comes and I wear my suspenders, plus my shoe that has been bought to last two, two or three Christmases. You get it. So the shoe is a little long. <laughs> you get it, yeah. So you walk more like that. <laughs> yeah. Because when you look at the shoe... <laughs> If you don't take your step properly, you leave the shoe behind. <laughs> I'm sure some of you wore some of those shoes. Yeah, you have tissue inside. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the tissue they put is too much. So the shoe is hurting. Even though the shoe is not even your size, it hurts already. Hey, we have suffered in these shoes. like that just we drag the drag, drag the feet like that and the, you just married but I used to wear it and I'll feel good because I look like him yes you see but when you grow older and you become a teenager now you look at him and you rather despise him you say he is old do you understand then you come up with some new ideas and you say that that's the trend that's what should be. And you laugh and mock the person that you used to want to be like. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he says, Solomon went not fully after the Lord. He didn't follow the Lord fully. Yes, half and half. Follow some, don't follow some. Some of the things that they are worrying us. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So you will see sometimes it's difficult even for the pastor to pastor the congregation. You get it? Because the congregation may be so set in our ways that it's difficult. We don't have the humility of youthfulness. You get it? Why? Because the wrinkles have come. Do you understand? Yes, the wrinkles have come. And the wrinkles make us, they produce independence in us. They produce, you know, but in Christ, independence is not a virtue. You see, it may be great when you're raising your child. But in Christ, Jesus said we have to be like little children. In Christ, we grow in reverse. Do you get it? As you grow up, you must come down. 
You see, he took a little child and said, the greatest in the kingdom is the one that can become like this little child. So in Christ Jesus, what is celebrated is your ability to remain a child in spite of growing up. That's, that, is, that is what it is in Christ. That's what matters in Christ. Yes. How to be a grown-up child, that's how, what is a virtue in Christ. Yes. You must grow backwards. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And if we do that, we are going to experience his presence. Because Christ will marry his bride. Do you understand? If we get rid of our wrinkles, Christ will marry his bride. We will look glorious. We will become a glorious church, a beautiful church. And everybody is attracted to a beautiful church. Everybody is attracted to a beautiful church. No matter where it's meeting. Yes. See, sometimes we think, oh, you know, if we had a, a posh meeting place or something, the whole place would be full. No, that's not what is missing. There is a beauty that we may be missing. Do you understand? And that beauty, I tell you, you see the church is meeting. Jesus was meeting in the wilderness. And a whole crowd will leave the town and go and sit in the wilderness and be with him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. So it's not, it is not where you're meeting, but it is what is in the meeting. Amen. Do you see? Yes. And what is in the meeting is what determines who is in the meeting. Who comes to that meeting? I want to encourage all of you to get rid of the wrinkles. Say amen. amen. Get rid of the wrinkles. Let's remain devoted. And then let's follow fully. Amen. And you follow by staying close and keeping in sight who and what you're following. You can't follow a car you can't see. If we say, I said, let's go to Connecticut, follow me. You need to. You need to see me. Do you understand? You need to see me. That's why I want to encourage all of you. All of you must connect to the prophet. Do you understand? Yes, connect to the prophet. Join the flow prayers. Watch his services. What is he doing? Get interested in him. Because that's your life. You, you see what I'm saying? You have no life. You have no life of your own as a church. You really don't. Just as there is no branch that has a life of its own without remaining connected to the tree. It, does, it just doesn't exist. Yes, it just doesn't exist. It's only a matter of time before it dies one after the other, one after the other, every leaf will fall off. And every fruit that it has borne will be lost because it's disconnected. You know how sometimes a tree grows and it bears so much fruit that the branch breaks? You see, that's what happens. 
even in churches, you see that this branch has been so successful that it has disconnected from the tree. Yes, and it's what made it disconnect is the fruit. <laughs> the fruit has weighed the branch down and has adversely affected it. So to prevent that, what happens is when we see a branch having so much fruit and the fruit is starting to bring the branch down, we bring something to support the branch because we know if we follow this thing and we allow it to happen naturally, this thing that looks good will turn into something bad. I, I think you can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, that is it. So let's not let our age become a disadvantage to the church. You get it? Let's remain the premier branch. Let's remain the premier church. Let's rather be the example. Do you understand? Let the churches come from around. Let them come and learn from what is happening here. Do you understand? Yes, let's see. When let's, we want to know how something is done. Let's go to Manhattan and see how they are doing it over there. Yes. We want to know how bus centers are organized. Let's go to Manhattan and see how they are running bus centers. Let's go to Manhattan and learn from the praise and worship. Let's go to Manhattan and learn what the choir is doing. Let's go to Manhattan and learn about ushering. Let's learn how things are done from the original church. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Is it, is it that you clap a lot here or I'm preaching good? <laughs> which, which one is it? I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little confused. What I'm saying is good? Are you sure? Okay, all right. Then please, obey what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. Just the two things. Let's be devoted and let's follow fully. Amen. And God, that will cleanse us from the wrinkles. And God is going to bless the church. Say amen. amen. Stand to your feet and let's, let's, let's pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me and let us pray, everybody. Let us pray. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody pray and say, Lord, I don't want to be like Solomon. I, I don't want to end like Solomon. Or rather, I don't want to be like old Solomon. Do you see? I want to be like young Solomon. Yes. Let's, let's pray about this, everybody, because we can see clearly that there is such a thing as an old Solomon and there is such a thing as a young Solomon. And the young Solomon was after God. He liked God. He wanted to be with God. But the old Solomon, old Solomon, his heart was turned away from the Lord. And he followed not fully. He didn't follow fully. Yes. 
And that's a wrinkle. It's a sign of aging. It's a wrinkle. It's a wrinkle which God does not want. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody pray and say, Lord, take those wrinkles off me spiritually. Take it off me. Take it off me. Take it off me. In the name of Jesus. Take those wrinkles off me, Lord. In the name of Jesus.
living sacrifice as a living sacrifice all my dreams lord all my all my plans all my lord i place them lord church and doing something new yes we're becoming young in the realm of the spirit and because we are young we shall be fruitful we will bring forth fruit in our old age in the name of Jesus thank you Lord we are a young church and we receive it in the name of Jesus, thank you for your blessing. Now, before we close, I want to invite you, if you're here today, maybe someone invited you to church, but you know in your heart that you're not saved. You know in your heart that you're not born again. That if you die today, you don't know if you go to heaven or that you go to hell. You're not so sure about it. I want to give you an opportunity to be sure. I want to pray for you. So if you're here like that, I want you to raise your right hand and I'll pray for you. Is there anyone who wants to give your life to Jesus today? Yeah, keep that hand up. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yes, it's about salvation. It's about knowing God for yourself. Receiving Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. Keep your hand up and I'm going to pray for you. Is there anybody else? Who wants to give your life to Jesus? Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus? Okay. Now, if your hand is up and you're serious about it, just, you know, come to me and I'll pray for you. Just just come. Just, if, if your hand is up, yes, come to me. Come. I want to pray with you. Yes. Yes.
this prayer with me. And I want everybody to join us as we say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. And you died for my sins. I call upon you today. And I invite you into my life. To be Lord over my life. Please come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. And make me a child of God. Oh Jesus, I come to you. Save my soul. Please write my name in your book of life. My name is, and mention your name. Please write this name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. I am so grateful to you for saving me today. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are becoming young again? Yes. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor the wrinkles are gone. We're talking about spiritual wrinkles, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. Even if the physical ones remain, not a problem. The most important one is the spiritual one. Do you see what I'm saying? Let's be a young church, amen, by connecting to our Father and so that the life in Him will come through us. Do you see what I'm saying? And when you follow him, you see there's always something new, something fresh. It's a sign of youthfulness. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And I know that that's going to happen to you also in Jesus' name. This church is going to continue to give to the nation. More pastors will come out of here. More missionaries to the rest of the country will come out of here in the name of Jesus. It's a blessing. Amen. We thank God for that blessing. Now you may be seated. Let's receive our tithes, right? And our offerings. Okay? So I want you to take out your tithe. We hope you have been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Lycos Manhattan. That's Lycos, L-A-I-K-O-S, Manhattan. You can also email us at lci.newyork at gmail.com. Visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.